So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. It is awesome to have you tuning in again. Today is a very sweet topic. I want to talk about the culmination of what I believe to be the essential qualities that my mentors must have. And the reason I want to go deep on this topic is I feel that it's too easy to put your faith in the wrong people. There are scaremongers out there. There are marketers. There are theoretical investors. You know, sometimes the best of intentions, but you know, in a world where social media volume and followers and likes and clicks are really important, it's really easy to start falling in love with the character of someone that maybe isn't actually truly someone who you should be influenced by. So why I thought today would be useful is I just want to pull apart um, how and why as time has moved on, I've become more and more skeptical and discerning about who I put my faith in and what I'm looking for in my mentors. So where I want to start today is really kind of emphasizing or reminding people uh, that mentors can literally change everything. You know, in my own journey, if I think about all of the point of inflections where I suddenly started to get clarity, where I started to get traction, where I started to do better investment deals, it was because I found people to help me shape my decision-making, shape my thinking, and really kind of choose better pathways with less friction. As I get older, I am, as I said, getting a little more skeptical, a little bit more long in the tooth, and I have more clarity about what exactly I'm looking for. So if I go back uh, now to something I probably never reflected on as a younger investor, but I really want to share with you is that the purpose of a mentor from my perspective is to help grow your wisdom, to give you insights that might otherwise take decades to learn on your own. And I certainly don't think I appreciated this when I first started out. I, I was very much, even as a teenager, one of those really stubborn people who kind of felt like I wanted to learn things for myself. I wanted to do it my way. My dad used to say to me, look, Selena, you know, find people who've done it before you and do it the easy way. But I don't think I necessarily embraced that advice <laughs> or any of his advice for that matter. I was a, probably a bit of a pain in the butt teenager. But I've definitely grown to appreciate probably in the last 15 years that, you know, there's, there's a place for do it yourself, especially at times in your life where you you know, maybe money's short or you, you really want to kind of learn a skill set from the ground up. But, you know, a lot of the mentors I've had in particularly the last, say, 15, 20 years have been people who are, you know, well-versed in finance and investing. Others have been spiritual. Others have been personal development mentors. But I think what I'd love to share with you today is a little bit about, you know, how my criteria for seeking mentors has been shaped. And it's not always the 
case that you can go out and find the dream mentor off the back. And I also truly believe in this idea that different mentors for different phases of your life, for different stages of your growth. And, you know, the idea that you might have one mentor, you know, one-stop shop for the rest of your life is also probably not quite right. I think, you know, you can outgrow mentors, you can, you know, master skills and then need to move on to other people who can help you get to that next level. And I think what I really want to emphasize is that there's two ways to find mentors. There's obviously the social influencers or fin influencers in the investing world, some of whom are awesome, by the way. But I guess the the real thing that I'm, I'm arguing here is mindful selection of mentors rather than being swept up in the celebrity or, you know, social marketing aspect of people presenting themselves as experts. So, let's just jump straight into it. I think what I wanted to do today was really kind of articulate some of the criteria that I have to help you understand uh, what I'm looking for. You know, I would regard myself as a an aspiring professional investor. There's obviously so many people that I know who are, you know, leagues ahead of me, but I'm getting better at recognizing that the people you meet on your journey are certainly um, responsible for the success that you have later on. So, number one criteria that has probably been something I've gleaned maybe just even in the last five years, but I think I was very guilty of following people who talked a big game but didn't necessarily have the results I wanted. So, my number one criteria now when I'm looking at mentors, whether it's formally or informally, and I sort of started a thread before and didn't finish it, which is that you can certainly find mentors in the social space, in the celebrity space. You can find them through purchasing courses, through education, and you can also find them through just informal mechanisms and personal introductions. And if I'm really frank, the ones that I like the most are the people that you just meet where there's no formality around it, where you're not necessarily asking someone to be your mentor and it just kind of evolves very naturally. I think they're the hardest to find as well. And maybe there's maybe an exploration here on on how best to approach those. But yeah, I realized probably my first 10 years of as, as an investor, you know, I followed a lot of uh, celebrity style, uh, very vocal property experts and share experts who kind of talked a big game. But as you got to know them, as you got to know their story, I never necessarily got any direct one-on-one support, but I could see there were cracks in the facade of, well, actually, you know, do you actually walk your own talk here? So, one of the things that is not that difficult to glean is, you know, you don't necessarily, you know, and I need to really clarify here, you're not necessarily coming out and and saying, tell me what assets you own, tell me what your net worth is. That's not the game here. But you can tell by the way people conduct themselves, by the life they lead, by the fluency with which they speak about their experience and investing, what they've been through and whether they have the result that you want. You know, and and I do think this is a tough one because people talk a big game, but I really think genuinely there's no value in you going to see someone. And unfortunately, I see this particularly happening in the financial wealth mentor advice space is that 
people have the training, but they have no results and they themselves don't have uh, financial success as investors. And yet they're giving advice on investing, but they have success as business owners and the money they make from giving the advice. So it's a really important distinction. But number one criteria for me is they have the results that I want. The second thing that I'm really fascinated by is people's experiences through the ups and downs of cycles. So my second criteria is around this idea that they need to have been through multiple um, boom and bust cycles and that they're able to articulate the lessons learned and can share ideas around how to adapt in changing market conditions. Um, They can, I guess, express openly where they've experienced loss and what they would do differently next time. But I think there are, again, there are a lot of investor gurus who put themselves out there as experts, but haven't actually been through multiple cycles. One of the the ones that really um, kind of flabbergasts me to some degree is there are a lot of, I think they call them, yeah, influencers under the age of 30 who are trying to share wisdom around wealth creation. And they're pretty private about what their results are. But, you know, even if they've done really well, and I'm not saying young people don't have a voice and don't and shouldn't be sharing their lessons along the way. But what I would say is as someone who's following someone who maybe hasn't been investing through multiple cycles, there's going to be a, to some degree, one-dimensional interpretation of how to build wealth. You know, when you've been through multiple recessions, multiple downturns, when you've experienced and watched friends and family go from, you know, living high on the hog to losing everything, when you have the benefit of having rubbed shoulders with investors who have been around for a long time, your perspective on, you know, wealth creation and setting out laws, immutable laws for success will shift. And so I think this capacity to articulate how to adapt and how to not be complacent about thinking that you know how to handle yourself in and out of booms and busts is really, really important. So that was my second criteria. The third criteria that I have is around looking for people who have the wisdom and network to keep growing even during downturns. So I guess this is an extension of the previous one, but you know, one of the things I've witnessed is that it's very easy to get swept up in the hysteria of um, a downturn as many people are right now. The impact on people's lives is real. The losses and financial stress that people experience are real. But what I witnessed and what I continue to look for when I'm thinking about developing relationships for uh, my mentors is that capacity to keep growing and finding ways to be successful even during downturns. It's not to say that you don't get your fingers burnt. It's not to say that you don't experience loss, that you don't experience hardship, but it's who you are and, and how you react to those downturns that is the difference that makes the difference. And and this is where I like to distinguish between wisdom and education. So I think there's a lot of education out there. Um, I think there's less wisdom. And I think wisdom is really the mindful reflection that investors can, if probed, find and share if you are asking the right questions. So, you know, I, I do love where I get to rub shoulders with people who have have been through those many cycles, especially down cycles, because it's easy to make money in a bull market, but who can describe what 
actions are necessary to keep growing during those downturns. My next criteria is a bit of a wishy-washy one for some of you, but you know they have to be good people. I have uh, long recognized that I've got a bit of a bleeding heart and I definitely have had uh, experiences of being very naive in my past. And you know, I think I'm a, I have healthy skepticism now. I, I like that quote of trust, but verify. But, you know, for me, there has to be a synergy on a personal level. And when I say that, I've definitely met investors whom I respect, who maybe are a little abrasive, but I've, I've still continued to enjoy spending time with them. But if I meet people who I genuinely feel are a mismatch, particularly more on the values side, so it's, it's probably less of a personality criteria and more, more of a values criteria. But I'm always looking for opportunities to understand how people behave when maybe the chips are down or the tables are turned. You know, are they ethical? Do they do the right thing? Do they look after? to the people who are under their care? How do they exercise their influence? What does money mean to them? How do they apply it for the greater good? These are very soft skills. And I think I'm unfortunately a little bit intuitive about these things at the moment in my life. I And, you know, I say intuitive, but it's probably been developed or honed as a result of experience. And it's very rare that I meet someone whose relationship to money really repels me. But every now and then I meet people who are allegedly very wise. They are definitely amazing investors, but I feel a lack of congruence on values and, you know, particularly around the purpose of money and the, you know, the way that it shows up in your life. So, that criteria, they are good people, I know is very broad, but it's certainly one that, you know, as you get older, you have the, you know, the luxury of being able to identify people who you not only want to learn from, but that you actually enjoy spending time with. And um, I think that's really important. And I know when it comes to, you know, talking to people who want to come work with me, who are looking for my mentorship, I probably apply those same criteria. You know, if I feel like people are a mismatch in terms of values, if I feel like they're not coachable, if I feel like their values around money are maybe a little out of whack or skewed, then, you know, it's it's better for all people involved if you just um, you pass on that opportunity. Because if you're really honest, the part of the journey for me at this point is, you know, I really want to enjoy the people I spend time with. So, they have to be good people. So, I don't want to say too much more about that. I, I might be laboring that point. The next criteria that I have, which again, kind of, I guess, rolls into what I've described already, is that they need to have made money uh, as investors, not as business owners. And when I say that, like the fuel that we have from running a business or even working in a job is clearly what we need to grow our investment portfolio, particularly in the first few years. But as time wears on, what you want to see from people that you want to be mentored by in the investing space is that the lion's share of their success or their financial success comes from their investing, not from their business or from their salary. And, you know, I've talked a lot about this in other podcasts, the confusion between income and financial success. People think a high income is in its entirety financial success, but I think they're not necessarily the same things. You know, if you are not in a position to effectively convert income into wealth, then there's a bit of a disconnect. 
Now, that doesn't mean that these people can't run a great business or have a great business or have great income. But what I'm really looking for in mentors is that they are super effective at converting that fuel into wealth. And, you know, the only way you can really glean that is by asking the questions that you need to ask. And I'm a huge, huge fan of, you know, when you first meet people that you are seeking to rely on, even if you're paying for advice, if you're paying for mentorship, you want to kind of understand where does the bulk of their wealth lie? Is it in assets that grow or investments that grow that are successful? Or is it that they rely heavily on a great income from their business to portray that they are wealthy? I mean, income is uh, definitely a way to fuel a very high standard of lifestyle. But what I'm really interested in is, you know, are they good at converting that into wealth? One of the things that came up in conversation yesterday was there's the really entertaining show on Amazon called um, Luxury Listings. And I think it's Luxury Listings in Sydney. And it's uh, essentially a program about very high-end buyers agents and real estate agents and the, the trials and tribulations and dramas that surround their everyday life. And it's super glamorous. And there's no question that these people earn a staggering amount of money doing what they do with the high, high end real estate in the Sydney market. What they don't emphasize or reveal at all is how wealthy those individuals are or what those individuals feel about investment and setting aside funds for building wealth. Um, they clearly all drive fancy cars. Most of them live in fancy homes and they earn a staggering amount of money. They're clearly celebrities or, you know, semi-celebrities. But the question I, I'm really intrigued to understand is what do they invest in? How do they convert that premium income, that fuel into wealth that would continue to grow in spite of whether they had that income or not? So anyway, guys, hopefully this has shed some light. I just want to quickly recap what those essential qualities are for me. Obviously, my focus today is on, you know, finding people who mentor me in the wealth space. And I think the uh, the real kind of key takeaway here is you never know it all. There's always room for growth. There's always people who know more than you. So I genuinely believe the pursuit of mentors is a lifelong pursuit. And even from this, from the kind of the viewpoint of wanting to change and grow and be a better human being, mentors, even in the finance space, can really have a huge impact. So some of the you know things that I talked about today are really around find uh, a mentor for a purpose. Is it because you want to grow your wisdom? Is it because you want insights that might otherwise take decades to learn on your own? Is it that you need a particular skill or you want to learn about a new strategy? Do you want to make better decisions? Are you just looking for a fresh perspective? Like think about what you want in a mentor and then go out and find people who potentially align with that. My criteria for this particular thing is that I, I want them to have the results that I want. I want to know that they've been through multiple cycles and have the wisdom around adaptation and how to navigate changing market conditions. I want them to have the wisdom and network to keep growing during downturns. They've got to be good people and have alignment from a values perspective. 
And I want to know that they have made money as investors and not just as business owners or employees in a job. So, yeah, I want to kind of finish up there. I would love to hear more about any experiences that you guys have had, positive and negative, around the topic of mentorship. And, uh, yeah, please keep sending emails in uh, regarding topics that you'd like to hear about or um, ideas that you want to have expanded. Till next time, take care, guys. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to incosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.